Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show and keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level. Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber with game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26 saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. <laughs> What up, what's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev Mack, and and I'm supposed to be at the War Room Roundtable with my brother B. Austin uh, this evening, but, you know, show has started and B is nowhere to be found, so I guess I'm going to be on my Dan Patrick for a little while this evening. Um, Either way, uh, Jimmy the Blueprint won't be with us. Uh, He is out of town, getting some business handled this week, so he'll be back with us next week, uh, back in the fold of the war room. Uh, This week, a couple of sports legends are are showing flashes of old, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and and some other stuff as well, so sit back, relax, make sure you bust it up again with your guys in the war room, the greatest man cave in the history of Earth, we like to say. Uh, You can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook, Twitter, and IG, all at War Room Sports. Uh, we'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. Uh, for those of you who even realize that we're on the air, because for our live time, we're pretty much an hour early. Uh, this evening, but we'll still be taking those calls if there will be any calls. Uh, that number is 323-410-0012. What up, B. Austin? What the guan? What guan my you there? Uh, backing up the bus off of my back still, son. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the bus over the British. Yo, brother, I thought I was Dan Patrick in this thing. I thought I was flying solo. But the co-pilot bumped his head on the controls and was knocked out. I had to land this movie on my own. <laughs> I drank a lot of rum. I drank a lot of rum this weekend. I ain't drink that much rum. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so y'all, y'all, y'all were in, y'all were in uh, Jamaica, right? You, y'all were in Jamaica. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, we went. We, 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 we went a yard. We went a yard and we come back now. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, um, for the, la- for the, the last uh, two months we've been like in the same places, just at different times. Like, <laughs> just different probably. times, yeah. Or yeah. starting Orlando. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, yeah, no, we uh, made a trip down there for my lovely wife's uh, brother's. I guess my brother now, brother-in-law's uh, wedding. Uh, he uh, said my brother now. He's been your brother for like double-figure years. Been my brother's about fifteen. <laughs> But um no man, he's a great, great guy, great uh great wife. Um, very happy for him. Amazing pictures. We were in Montego Bay, Rose Hall section. It was it was great, man. I'm I'm ecstatic for the newlyweds, the new couple as they embark on a on a journey. So salute to them. And now I'm back uh 
pursuing my my main job. Like a Jamaican, I got about five jobs. You know, primarily <laughs> I'm I'm my son's lackey um, and uh, business manager and agent, but lackey chief, dri- lackey driver, security, business manager and agent in that order. So you know, we're yeah. engaged in those duties. Why Why, why do you think and we're doing the show early tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I realize, I understand. Um, Mackie duty and calls. then, uh, and then you know, uh, amongst the other things that uh, that we do, but that's that's of course the most important, the most important job there is 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 that. And uh, no, nah, man, just Yo, uh, just excited to be here. Speaking of, you'll be happy to know, um, your nieces today, they will be making yeah. their debut on the pitch, their first ever yes. soccer practice. Yeah. Team yes. soccer practice. Amen. They've 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 taken like some you know me, I don't like to have mine out there looking like they don't know anything of what they're doing. So I put mine in skills well, classes first. Before right. Like soccer skills classes, basketball skills classes. Like I mean, that's how we think though, but trust me, ninety percent of parents don't. Like they're going to be kids out here who have never seen a soccer ball. They're going to be kids out here who have no interest. They're going to be kids out here, like, when the game starts, while everybody's, you know, while mine, of course, is going to be running up and down trying to score, these kids are going to be sitting on the pitch picking flowers and dandelions and, and stuff like that. Or, they, or, or, so. or they're going to kick the ball, and with every touch of the ball, they're going to turn to their parents and smile and say, look, mommy, look, dad, I touched it. <laughs> I, touched, I touched it. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's, yeah. it's pain. It's painful, man. Youth at soccer at that age, you know, if you have any level of competitive bone in your body and you know, uh, sports accomplishment, it's it's man. I almost cried my uh, first few uh, times with Jimon on the soccer pitch. Was like, what have I done? How did I do this? <laughs> what are we doing here? My son is. Yo, have you me. heard? Um, the you know the buzz, the the song off a of college album. I guess it's the title song. God did, um, featuring uh, Rick Rose, Wheezy, Jay Z. Have you heard that yet? I I technically I have heard the song. I think mm-hmm. I know where you're going, and I'm not going to be able to add value because I had the album playing while I was in the shower. Kind of in the Jamaica, background. So I didn't, okay. Yeah, I didn't hear the bars that I think you're getting ready to discuss. Yeah, no, yeah, I, 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 of course, you know, you know me. I was going to ask you because Jehovah's Witnesses are are out there. Um, yeah, calling it diversity year. Um, everybody else went, you know, normal sixteen bars. Jay went for about four minutes. Um, but you know how this kind of goes most of the time. Like Jay-Z can jump on a song and say, ABC, one, two, three, hickory dickory dock, the mouse ran up yeah. the clock, and people are going to come and tell you how all the bars really were over your head and he too nice. and What he meant by hickory and dickory. Right, right. right. <laughs> and And that's why I brought it up, though, you know, before we started the show, because – there are people writing, you know, they're getting their Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and writing think pieces about the verse. And it's one of those things where usually when this happens, 
I listened to it and I'm mad disappointed. Like, come on, man, y'all still falling for this? Like, game wrote like J bars since I don't know when, but everything he comes out with is the greatest thing that people have ever heard. This yeah. status quo, I think it's overhyped, but it's actually a good verse. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it in comparison to some of the slop he's thrown out over the past decade or so that people still went crazy over. It's actually good. It's it's too long. It, it seemed like, you know, he was trying to prove a he point. Was he was trying to give you that message. to prove a point because why are you going four minutes and everybody else went like 45 seconds? So it was, um, it was, basically, it was basically Kobe's last game? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I, I guess that might have been – um, you know what he was trying to get accomplished, but but don't get me don't get me twisted. Like I, you know, if people want to say, like, yo, I'm gonna go listen to some of Jay's craziest bars. Like you know me, I'm going all the way back to the, the, the Doubt. late '90s, maybe the mid '90s. Not reasonable, <laughs> right? Um, so you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses are overhyping it. They're definitely overhyping it, but it is good. Like I've seen them overhype garbage before. you're telling you're you're it's telling me that it good, was good still it was you know, good to very good. would you say good to very good as opposed to earth shattering and best of all like that type of yo let me explain yeah. for the listeners. yeah the, definitely the, good the, to, the good to very have. good but everything he puts out to the you know the jehovah's witnesses is earth shattering i mean same thing with his wife like he and his wife have that effect on people and it's the problem crazy, you know, the problem that we that that we face is 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 a couple fold, man. It's a couple fold, and it's not two fold. It's not three fold. It's a few fold, man. And to some of our newer listeners, you may you may be asking yourself, well, why does the war room hate Jay Z? And it it like literally wow. isn't that. It's like we are probably some of staunchest supporters. It's just first and foremost, like dick riding culture just is it's it's oil and water to us. Like we can't I, I, I'm I don't want it to be I hate speaking for other people. I I can't Richard ride another man and human being and I've I've I'll be honest and say that I've fallen into it and every time I've been sadly disappointed. Like as great a basketball player as I hold Michael Jordan to be God of the court. Like when I realized that he was just a piece of shit as a human being, I was disappointed. It hurt. Like, like <laughs> I'm like expecting, like now I can't really. So that's probably why. And, and I'll come back around to Jay. That's probably why. Like I love AI more than J- Jordan, even though I say Jordan is the greatest of all time. Like I can't relate to just him being such a, a Richard head. Right. So Richard, Richard Ryder and not being willing to offer objective criticism of art or of even sport is outside of our purview. We're not capable of not offering an opinion, and we try to make it objective. The sycophants have gone and taken Jay and placed him on top of this pedestal that I'm not going to say any human being belongs. But I love Jay. Like, I love his, but I'm not going to act like, how many albums does he have? I don't know, but I'll, I'll tell you this. 50, I know you and I 50%. were 
50% Jay-Z of Jay-Z fans before right. most of the sick fans even heard of Jay-Z. So that's where some of yeah. it comes from, though, because he dumbed it down for these dummies. And, the double know, the dollars. Right, he, he, and admittedly so. So it's like, forget my fans that really put me on when nobody was listening to me, and, 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 who and thought listen. I was one of the hottest in the game when nobody even knew my name. Forget those people. Jay, Jay, because those Jay, people don't make you money. Jay is like, Jay is like family, <laughs> like a family member. Like you love him, but that doesn't necessarily mean for us that we like him. Like I love Jay Z, but I don't like him on a lot of the stuff that he's done. Like. The double, the dumb down my my dollar, my to dumb down my man. I'm tongue tied right now. That's what's wrong with me. It's a dumbass lyric, <laughs> so it's hard to say sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I dumbed down my lyrics to double my dollars. I couldn't even say that. Like as a hip hop purist, as a lyricist, like that bothers the the Jesus out of me, and I can't respect it. But I know his talent. I sit here and tell you that Jay is one of the most talented MCs ever, but he's so caught up in just being at the top of the pile, he sacrificed his art. Jay has 10 yeah. albums, and I don't know if it's really 10, so that, but let's say Jay has 10. Five of them Jones is trash. Yeah. Five, three of them are classic, all-time greats. Two of them are very good. Shoot, and a half of one that a lot of people think is his best is trash to me, but... Hey, that's just me. What, the blueprint? <clears throat> yeah, but listen, yeah. uh, hey, we got four minutes. We ain't got much on the docket tonight, so, <laughs> so we're going to see what, 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 what he's talking about right here. We're going to see what he's talking about. Uh-oh. Can you hear it? Yeah. Life. 
I never wanted to be the state custodian. The laws are draconian. For those married to the life is holy matrimonial. Somehow I outbox every box and try to throw me in with great ceremony. Folk and them told me how Holly Caddy spoke of him and broken them from London. Have a road western end. I'll be speaking to the souls of men, those of them willing to die for the existence that this cold world has chose for them. Keep the snow up and frozen tent. Back and forth on the turnpike, really took a toll on them. A lot of fallen soldiers on these roads of sin. Those who make the laws, I'ma always have smoke for them. I got lawyers like shooters. Ah, you get the gist. <laughs> you realize when you do that that four minutes long as hell. Um, <laughs> more, uh, but not, more, I mean, I'm, he I'm very, stuff very in there, rich. You know what I'm saying? Back and forth on the You're turnpike good. took his toll on them, but the content never really changes. You know, I'm rich, y'all not. Like, like I'm rich, like, y'all not. I sold, I sold crack. I got away with it. I financed some things, moved up on it. But it's, it's been consistent, it. though, because Jay-Z, when nobody knew who Jay was, came out on Reasonable Doubt telling you how broke you were compared to him. Yeah. So now it's just it goes up levels and levels. Now I'm a billionaire. So, you know, I can talk about pretty now much I'm anything. Really, I'm really – so, so what we're saying right. is we really should be comparing Jay to Pusha T and push – is masterful what he does years in. Um, I I, I, re- I realized, yes, I did hear Jay spitting, and now that I think about it, as I was in the shower, he did spit for a long time. It, it, it's cool. I'm, I'm going to re-listen. I'm probably going to enjoy it. I'm probably going to like it. But then the joy will be taken away if I watch <laughs> social you, media. So I'm about to say, so just jump on social media and see that. They're going to say, oh! And I'm like, come on, man. Like, I mean, it's already you, you know, called you know diversity. Me. You know the one. The, the bar I'm like, I don't even really have to have a verse in mind, but just mm-hmm. look up anything thought or, or Ryan spit this year. Pretty sure it's oh better. Oh, my God. But whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But whatever. <laughs> All right, man. So let's, let's you know, because, you know, I got to go play Lackey in a little while. So let's, uh, like we do. Before we uh, get into everything, we just want to remind you guys of whether you're with us live or not. Anytime on demand, you can still check out archived episodes of our show and every other show on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Uh, those are shows such as The Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris, uh, Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Podcast with uh, Phil Matic 365 and Davis Backwards, After Further Review with the Mayor, um, On the Couch with the Wilsons, uh, pretty much everything, man. Y'all check it out. Um, there's never an excuse to miss an episode of any of your favorite shows on the network, so make sure you don't. You know what I mean? That's all there is to it. So these hot topics are brought to you, as usual, by my bookie. War Room Family, it's time for you to make some bread. Sports betting at my bookie. If, you, if, if you're a sports gambler and you listen to the show and you haven't checked out my bookie yet and used our promo code, then shame on you. Because you're just supposed to do it out of support. You can at least lay down one bet on some of the biggest games in sports by joining the war room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast. There will be no hassle. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now. 
MyBookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word. That'll activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, win, and get your bread. That's all there is to it. So, Serena is in the news. You know, Serena, we we talked a few weeks ago about the letter that she uh, pretty much wrote, her her goodbye letter, uh, basically saying that, you know, this is it. This is pretty much her her farewell tour. Um, I think she put that out while Wimbledon was going on, so she was just going to play in a, a few more tournaments. And I think everything is supposed to culminate here at the U.S. Open. In the U.S. Open thus far, she has defeated uh, two women so far and has advanced to the third round. So everybody is hyped right now. Um, Serena pulled the upset of the number two-seeded Annette Kantavit from – I forgot where where this woman is, is from – but she uh, did that on Wednesday, and um, it was a pretty exciting match. Uh, like I said, the world is hype about it because Serena was she was bringing out some flashes of the old Serena. Like she had a, a series of serves that were you know 109, 115, 100, you know whatever miles an hour. Um, the only thing I'm about this whole thing for me and how hype everybody is so far is like even Serena in her older ages, in her older age, like this shouldn't be really that surprising to people considering she holds a 42 and 0 record in the first and second rounds of the U S open all time. She's never lost in the first two rounds. Never lost. So even on her farewell tour being Serena Williams, I don't. I don't. What, I don't know what everybody like what else expects. Expect. When people say I'm about to hang it up, people just think you can't do it anymore, and I don't really think that's the truth for her, because she kind of laid it out that a lot of this is, you know, I want to go be fair to my family. This this kind of thing. It's hard for me to do this because I still have gas in the tank. So I'm not surprised by the way she's playing so far. I guess the test will start, you know, once she once she gets to a round where she's actually lost. A match before and I believe that is uh, the next round but it would be a great story like how great would it be be for her to win the US Open and go out a champion and then I ask you this before you even speak on that if she does win the US Open um, do you think somebody with a competitive drive like hers do you think she'll be able to go out because I believe if she wins this that will put her like one major off tying the the, the all time lead. I mean, she has twenty three <laughs> Grand Slam singles titles. So if she so so how great of a story would it be if she was to win this and be able to walk off into the sunset, a U.S. Open winner? And how much in your heart do you believe if she wins that she can walk away after that? You know how it is when you think like, damn, I could still do this. <laughs> I just beat yeah, you. I know how it is, and then you wake up the next day after you tried it. And you're like, no, I can't. Um, <laughs> I go to no training camp. So with time, this shit skip a lot of them workouts. 
go home for a little while and then announce that I'm coming back after all the work has been done. <laughs> Shout out to Brett Park. Um, <laughs> I I think she's gonna hang it up. I think she's gonna hang it up. I think that she does still have gas in the tank. I think that while to your point, there are some there are some guys or not guys some some athletes that reach a point where they've given it their all and they're really just stepping off a cliff and they can't really do it at a level. I don't think she's one of those. I feel like she could continue to play at a very high level, just not necessarily her peak level. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel she's, like she's had some stinkers in the past few years, but yeah, yeah. you know, I think she, if she's, she's dialed in, and this is the last one, and she's asking her body to give in mind to give everything she's got, and just going to leave you with that. I think she can give you one last moment of brilliance, and that'll be that'll be enough. And I think I think she'll walk away. I do. Yeah. For me, it's more of a okay. I hope she will, because you know I love stories like that. I love. I would love for her to win this, and then drop the mic, be like, you know, yeah. peace. Yo. Like we thought. Speaking, of, you know, no pun intended, but we thought Mike was going to do, because if Mike <laughs> hits that shot against Utah, leaves the hand hanging in the air like that. For an NBA title, a sixth title, and a and another Finals MVP, like yo, it's hard to write a storybook better than that. But than the competitor that, yeah. in you, you know, has you in a money situation, being in the front office of a team, this close to ownership, and you're seeing these dudes like yo, these dudes garbage, man. I can I can still go out here and get twenty a game, improved it, but. It messes up that storybook ending because as much as Mike fans try to hold on to that, Mike detractors, a.k.a. LeBron fans, <laughs> for some reason, always want to remind you, like, okay, Mike in the Chicago Bulls uniform was not the last time we saw Mike. Even though, you know, I think it's a yep. myth that, Mike in a wizard uniform I'm, with some kind I'm of be, garbage. Yeah, I was about to because it was I'm a far be, from that. And people really need to go back and do that research. But I'm a, I'm, uh, it's not Mike winning. It's not. It's not winner. Yeah, it's not Mike it's not, it's not dominating winner, Mike. the whole league. You know, stopping everybody no, else no. from grabbing he, a ring. He, he was still. He was still dominating. Like that Wizards run was some of the most impressive ish I've, I've ever seen, considering his age. I, I would forgot how they were fully in, entrenched in the playoff race until he got injured that first year. Yeah, I was I was yeah, impressed. They, that dude that dude impressed me. But anyway, not, not not it's about it's about Serena. The only thing I would be more impressed with is if she embraced black love, man. Outside of that, man, I think that I think that what she's about to do potentially is. Amazing. I think the potential is there. I think she will. Definitely. You can't doubt Because we uh, could be all hype, and then Serena might go out in this third round and get body slammed. <laughs> so, you know. Shout out to Naomi Osaka. I wish you were here to do it. Yeah, either way, like, 
you know, she's going to get her flowers, you know, whenever it happens. Uh, probably be a, a standing ovation longer than comfortable for her. Like, she's still Serena. Win or lose, you know, she's still fully entrenched in the argument of greatest of all time, um, and that's men or women. So shout out to her. Um, <laughs> uh, Skyview was like like Kobe going out with 60, um, and then he said that Wizards uniform was just stupid. Yeah, it is. Still, still is. Well, it's better now, but, yeah, that, that blue it had a lot of corniness to it. All right, but um, we'll see, man. I will see, man. Rooting for Serena to to do that. Let's move over to track and field, B. Something that you're way more familiar with, personally. Your girl Shakari's back in the news, but this time it's something positive. Shakari Richardson at a meet in Switzerland. She actually edged out the reigning Olympic champion, uh, Thompson Hurrah. By one hundredth, not one tenth, one hundredth of a second in a hundred meters at Spitzen League Athletic Meet in Lucerne, Switzerland. This was a World Athletics Continental Tour silver competition, which basically is like the minor leagues. But she won mm-hmm. that race. What can she take from this? You know what I'm saying? Like it was wet conditions. Well, there was like a, a negative. Point two meter per something headwind. Um, mm-hmm. So there were some 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 elements going on here. The track was definitely wet. Um, but what can mm-hmm. she take out of this? Like knowing, like, all right, um, after all of this, I can still compete with these. I, people. No, listen, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and lay out what it what it really really is. And you know, if you're wise, you'll listen. If you're not, you're just a part of the uh, part of the problem in society. The reality is the way the world works today with the media, everybody being the media, everybody giving an opinion, everybody having lazy analysis, and by everybody, of course, there are exceptions. But those that are her detractors have swung that pendulum way too far. Those that are her supporters have swung that pendulum way too far. (laughs) And there's no balance in the analysis. So as I said last time we spoke about, I'm tired of hearing about her. She needs to shut the F up and work hard. She needs to focus on winning, competing and winning races. And let's talk about her for that because everything we talk about, except for now, has been outside of giving her critique and support and flowers for what it is that we feel her talent will allow her to do best. Right. It's always about what she's saying and what she's so this, doing. Or what, which is why this story is a little bit, is, you know, on the good side. You know, it this, should, this is it, better. This shouldn't, be, what we this should shouldn't be, be out of the norm, but it's almost like <clears throat> talking about this is out of her norm. Right. Now, talent-wise, talent-wise, I'm going to go ahead and say something that, that the supporters – will grab onto and put into the 24-7 news cycle. <laughs> she is the most talented women's track athlete since Florence Griffiths Joyner. She is the most talented. And I know that Thompson Hurrah uh, put together 
and, and she's in that group as well, as is Mommy Rocket. All them Jamaican girls, they're, they're in that group. There's a Nigerian and a French girl that also belong in that group. Forgive me, I forget their name names. But but Shikari Richardson, if she focused and had the right train, which I do think she she has the right training. Like she trains with Justin Gatlin. I don't know if people know that. Like she's training with the best, but her focus is what's in question. And again, she is a baby. She's a baby. I give her that too. If she continues to work and focuses her mind and really gives it, I would say around 20, between 25 and 29, I would say between 25 and 32, she has a chance to break the world record in 100 meters. She could put it, she could put it together and, and do it. Like her, her mechanics, the force of her stride, and her launch are legendary already for someone who's not even focused. Like talent, talent, yo, she's it. But she also shows you how not having your head in the game can lead to terrible performances that you shouldn't have with the level of talent that she does have. Like it's crazy. So, you know, that that's that's my critique. So this is nothing. I'm not I'm not surprised at all. She has the capacity to beat any woman that's walking the earth right now in a foot race. At a hundred meters and at two hundred meters. She has the capacity to do it. Any woman. So that that's it. So this isn't this isn't a big deal. It's it's sad that it is a big deal because of all the other shenanigans that she throws out there and puts out there because it robs us of the the opportunity to really just talk about her for the things we should talk about her. That's it. That's what I, it does. No, I feel that. Like it is crazy that you know, because even when even when you introduce the story, you're like, yeah, Shakira's in the news, but it's different this time. And like, how is it different when this is what she actually <laughs> is supposed to be doing? Um, NFL news, man. The Eagles traded your boy Jalen Rager to uh, the Minnesota Vikings for, I believe, a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick. The seventh-round pick is conditional and with the right statistical output could become a fifth-round pick. So now (laughs) the two receivers that Eagles fans complain about the most – and, you know, who they were drafted in front of have been traded to the team with the receiver that they were drafted in front of. So he's now with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. Um, our Sega Whiteside was traded to Seattle with um, what's the, DJ what's the, Metcalf. Yeah, with DJ Metcalf. Uh, with Metcalf. DJ is now the right even, DK. Yeah. And even though they've already uh, cut him. So, you know, he's uh, – what's your thoughts on, on Jalen Rager uh, being moved so close to the season? Um, I think the Eagles have what they want in the receiver room. Um, I'm going to say this. I think Jalen Rager is very talented. I, I don't – you know, I don't know where – I don't want to compare his talent expressed as potential, like as to what he could or couldn't be. 
but I do think he's very talented. I'm not sure the bull wants to play football. Right. See, but this is what I saw. I mean, because yeah, it, it looked he he doesn't seem that way. He definitely doesn't seem that way, and I can see how you get that. But also, you know, when you when you look at things with the eye that we look at things, you also notice, mm-hmm. especially this this past season, dude gets open pretty regularly on deeper routes. Now, yep. when you have a quarterback who throws like a middle school girl. That's a little difficult. Like I've, I've seen plenty of times where he's gotten the necessary separation, and, and the ball either didn't come his way, or if he tried, he couldn't get the ball to where he was. Now I'm not 100%. excusing him of all his mishaps because there were some plays last year and the year before where, okay, the ball is there, and and you drop the ball, you got the dropsies all of a sudden, and you're just not producing. Crazy part about all of this, though, this is what they told you on draft night. But Eagles fans become impatient when somebody else that's involved in that draft is burning it up. But on draft night, their exact words about him were, he's going to be more of a project. He's not going to be as good as quickly as a Justin Jefferson, but he has the highest ceiling of any receiver in this draft. Now, Without most of these Eagles fans ever hearing his name before, they took that, ran with that, and was happy with the pick. But then hindsight, when Justin Jefferson starts burning it up, I told you we should have picked Justin Jefferson. I told you this. I told you. You know how it is. No, y'all from that place. No, y'all didn't. So, so it's really playing out like it was so played out. And remember, his first season was kind of marred by the injury. So he didn't play that much. So his time clock is pretty much – on par with what they said, but there's no patience, of course, in the city of, of Brotherly Shove. I actually thought, give him one more season, you know, before the trade. When, when, when it didn't seem like there was a move for him, when they had announced the 53-man roster, I was like, it's cool. I'm cool with him being there. Like, with all of these other weapons here, you know, maybe he can do some stuff in the slot where he probably should have been from the start. Um, but I also was like, man, this is the year where he could possibly improve and show what he is, but can he with this particular quarterback? Like, is he going to get the ball? Can he get him the ball? Those are the things that we didn't necessarily, you know, the, the questions we couldn't answer. So if he came back, whether it was his fault or not, in the career, if he would have been so patient starting the season – they would have eaten Bo alive. He would have never had a chance in the first place. You know, you know. But would you, know you would had you would you have been upset if he went into the season on the roster as he was projected no. to do just a couple no, days ago? No, no. no not yeah. not at all. I'm I'm as much. It's funny, man. As much as you you know what I like when it comes to receivers. As much as I like route running and hands, and you know, the great Ricky Poe and the great Anquan Bolton should be held in high esteem the great uh the great avant should be uh should be saluted. I like a lot of speed at receiver. I, I get my Al Day I get my Al Davis I like a lot of speed at receiver and for me, you know, it almost to what your your point is almost like he's wasted. Now the reason that some semi intelligent fans are gonna come back on that, they're gonna say, Well look at Quez. Look at what Quez Watkins does. Quez is fast but he makes plays. 
Quez and Rieger have completely different body types. And Quez being hungry and being not a first or second round draft pick, he knows he got to work. He knows he got – Quez in his mind is bitching at the fact he's with a weak arm quarterback, but he'll never show it. He knows he got to come back to the ball. He knows he got to fight. And he got to make the roster. So it's a different – it's not an apples-to-apples, oranges-to-oranges comparison just because both dudes are fast. Quez has the body type and the physicality to go fight for the ball. Rieger doesn't have the body, the physicality, and more importantly, the attitude. So to your point, if he was at a different quarterback that could get him the ball on those deep roots, maybe he has a different attitude about the game. Maybe he's more motivated, which it shouldn't, you know, motivation shouldn't come from exterior at that level, but maybe he's more, you know, apt to go out and give it his all. If he knows the ball is coming and the ball's coming on time on that post route or that post corner or that nine route, maybe he's a different player. I don't know. I don't know. But, no, to answer your question, no, nah, I, I wouldn't have been mad with, with keeping him. I wouldn't care. Our Sega white side was the one for me that got to go. He got to go. <laughs> well, before they go. got he, rid of him, so he they tried him terrible. at tight end. Uh, that, and, yeah, I know. It, yeah. yeah. You. But it's the same way with him. Draft night, they talked up his hands and his, his red zone prowess, and Eagles fans were hyped. As <laughs> soon as somebody that was drafted after him was doing better, I told y'all we shouldn't have drafted him. Like, y'all will let Mel yeah. Kuyper and, and whoever talk y'all Kuyper, into Kuyper anybody. Mel Kuyper, well, hey, Kuyper, we'll, let him, we'll let him talk you into anybody you've never seen and, and, and never heard of, but then when it doesn't come to fruition, then everybody Yo, was our, a, a genius. Arcego Whiteside is everything that fans say J- uh, Jalen Rieger is. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Trash. Skin and bone and muscle. So yeah. <laughs> Your man, uh going to the bank again. Um, Russell Wilson. He got a, a five year extension from the Denver Broncos and that's on top of the two years that he had left on his already diesel contract. So uh, he agreed to a five-year, $245 million extension with another $165 million guaranteed. Remember, this doesn't kick in for another two seasons. So, you know, that makes his guarantee pretty much even bigger because he's, he's on the back end of the former big contract, the, the back yep. end that most players – don't get to see. So he's going to get that contract that's guaranteed now because they extended him for another five years after that. So, you know, Yo, Russell, 33 years old, $245 million extension, 165 in new guarantees. So he has two years left on the contract that uh, will pay him $24 million this season. Um, but the terms of the trade indicated the Broncos were willing to give more to keep him around. So his new deal will keep him in Denver for seven years. If he does see the whole seven years, you know, up until he's 40, that's another $296 million in total. Yo, Yo, all I'm going to say is, I, Russell saw Sierra, get this good? I saw a Sierra, I just saw a new Sierra video. I'm happy for Russ, man. I'm happy for <laughs> black love, black wealth, black excellence. They mad because Sierra's sexy and she can dance, so they trying to throw her under the 
under the bus, but yo, Russ took care of the future, man. He handled it. Yo, Scotty says, speaking of the Eagles, why doesn't anyone mention Harold Carmichael anymore? Because uh, it's 2022? Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mention Harold Carmichael for what? Yo! I mean... It's, yo, yo, fam, it's Eagles, it's Eagles fans who don't even know who that is. <laughs> right, like, we've, we're, we're to the point where there are people born in years where they yeah, really didn't don't play. know who that is. And Harold Carmichael definitely was that dude in his time, um, more so than somebody they might know more than him, Mike Quick, and that's really because he's still one of the, you know, the team's uh, color analysts on the radio. But I always thought, like, Mike Quick was so big to Eagles fans back in the day. But I, I, as I got older, I realized Mike Quick was local. Mike Quick was local. He was was big local. Like, outside of Philly, I mean, you knew his name, but Mike Quick wasn't, like, one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL, like, Eagles fans looked at him as. You know what I mean? (laughs) And Neil in the chat room, she said, I never even heard of Carmichael. We'll give you a pass on that. But, um, and Scabby says, much as I bigged up Aguilar, I did the opposite with Leatherwood. The Raiders cut him. Uh, asked Tobias why was Alex Leatherwood such a scrub in the NFL, Alabama. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of Aguilar, I was about to say that a couple minutes ago. Like, I was in the same boat with him. Like, the way the fans treated him. Like, I never treated Nelson Aguilar that way. Like, I wouldn't have been upset had Nelson Aguilar stayed. There were moments where he definitely, you know, pissed you off. Like, you're human. Um but, you know, he played a vital part on, in the Super Bowl season, his best season to date. Um, it just got a little weird when, when Skyview was acting like dude was something that he wasn't. I was like, all right, you know, I, I wasn't a part of the, you know, let's burn Aguilar at the state contingency in Philadelphia. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna at the same you time, there. he's giving that dude a little too much props. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you, though, Dev, from, from 83 to 88. Yo, Mike Quick was something special. Quick. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 was that's what, he was nice, but he just wasn't, like, nationally. <laughs> I'm not nationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone because <laughs> I get stupid. <laughs> I mean, so he got stupid and outrageous, but he just <laughs> he wasn't really stupid. nationally known. He was Rob Bass. He's the Rob Bass of the NFL. Yo, so. 83, he had 69 for 1409. Uh, eighty-four, sixty-one for ten fifty-two. Uh, eighty-five, seventy-three for twelve forty-seven. Eighty-six, sixty no for nine thirty-nine. Back, back then, to be around seventy catches, that ain't no hell. Yeah, I mean, you know now, Nine, you know, he was like Cooper Cup. Then they put him. Like then, then, then even then he even got a reputation because he got in. He got in the Pro Bowl with forty-six and seven ninety, but he only played twelve games. <laughs> But no, he, <laughs> did he, he was, get in the Pro yeah. Bowl for those other? Was he in the Pro Bowl for those other years? Because I'm like maybe uh, it was 80, like a, like we owe him one for not putting him in. No, eighty so eighty eight, eighty eighty eight, eighty nine, and ninety. He 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 should have retired. He fell off. <laughs> Mike Quick still spending money from eighty eight. He went in his thirties as a middle aged man. He was done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he local. He like DJ GQ. 
<laughs> All right, so <laughs> shout out to Russ Wilson, rich as hell. Our quote of the week, man, and this might this might get under your skin a little bit, B. It was easy for him to get get to the bucket against GP as it would be against Drew Holiday, but with Giannis and Brooke Lopez sitting back there, he's not scoring as easy today as he did back then. That is Jason White Chocolate, as I I said earlier, bitter White Chocolate Williams speaking on Michael Jordan, saying that he would not score as easy today as he did back then. I find that to be ludicrous. Like, Yo, I hate the comparisons to errors and speculation yeah. of somebody would do this and you don't really know because we'll never get proof. But just the way the rules are set up and what he had to go right. through back then, Michael Jordan would be – Foaming at the mouth Yo, if, James, if, James, if he if got James the jump Harden, ball with the type of defense if, they play today. If James Harden averaged 36 a game, Mike could average 46. And listen, I've even had conversations with LeBron fans where I took LeBron out of the conversation. I said, listen, I'm not even arguing with you that, you're, that, you're, that your God isn't who you say he is. Well, let's leave that alone. How do you stop someone whose game – was mid-range and beating the rim down if there is no rim protection. There's no one in the paint. Right. He said Giannis and, and Brooke Lopez sitting back there. Yo, yo. he used to get held, clipped, beat up, and they had to get past them and go past Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Shaq. Yo. Like, what do you mean? Brooke, Giannis yo, and Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez's Brooke hair Lopez. would smell like Michael Jordan's nuts. <laughs> Michael Jordan's <laughs> nuts. You got bald sweat hair. Yo. <laughs> yo, that's, I, I don't understand use, that. Yo, he would use Brooke Lopez as a towel. Let me towel off real quick. Yeah, and this is somebody that was kind of from, like, I guess what we would call a bridge generation. You know, uh, he was in the bridge generation between – Michael and the and the current generation, and this isn't the first time that he said stuff that was kind of borderline disrespectful about Michael Jordan, and and if you listen to these podcasts that he says this on, it's always the conversation about Mike versus LeBron, and he's bigging up LeBron and and saying this kind of stuff. Because LeBron, like, just LeBron, like you said, I don't care who you think is better. I know he's, what it, I he's know expressed what it's that he think LeBron is better. That's fine. That's your opinion. But to listen. say Michael Jordan. Wouldn't score as easy in this generation as he did then. The generation when they were allowed to mug you. LeBron is a LeBron is a passer and a great passer. Jason Williams was a passer. Jason Williams feels he doesn't get the love and respect that he deserves. He's gonna big up somebody like him. He's on he's on the LeBron train, which is fine. Like you said, it's fine for him to have an opinion. Just don't try and discredit, disrespect, or dishonor the God. And it's, it's like you just said, he's in a bridge generation. So there's guys that have played with Mike and in Mike's era and played in LeBron, the beginning half of LeBron's era, right? And all of them will tell you what it is. Like even the guys, even the guys that may be fond of LeBron and give LeBron his prop, they're like, look, man, there's no way you could keep Mike out of the lane, man. It, 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 if LeBron wasn't the passer LeBron is and as soft as he is, LeBron would average 40 if he wanted to. Going to the, there's nobody, there's nobody there to stop someone 
from getting to the cup. There's nobody there. Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Brooke Lopez is there. You're right. And then right. then he brought up Giannis, and Giannis is a hell of a defender, but he's not, not really a rim protector per se. Yeah. He's 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 a switch on everyone defender. He can guard the literally guard the one through the five, but it's a switch thing. Like Giannis sit down in the chair, and he's just so goddamn long, you can't go nowhere. Pause. But it's not like he's at the rim swatting. He ain't Dikembe. Like, come on, man, Pete, yo. Why are we even, yo, white chocolate? Come on, man. You Elvis Presley, man. Get the F out of here. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. Like, it, it seems a little personal every time he, you know, it is. he speaks on that. Um, this is, you know, the this is the era of no hand checking. Um a, a normal foul from back then is a flagrant foul now, which would have dude on the foul line even more than he was back then. Because um, I'm, I'm not going to front. Like, Mike was that guy. So the rest, of course, once he started getting touched up a little more, he, he stayed on the foul line. He's getting calls that a lot of people aren't getting, but they were legitimate fouls. It's just that back then you had to do a whole lot more to get fouls in a lot of those situations. But – as much punishment as he took, which was the reason he started to get into the weight room on game days, um, for you to say that in, a, in an era where every little brush is a foul, there's, there's no touching on the perimeter, uh, there's no, not even hand-checking in the post. You've got to use your forearm in the post. They switch everything. That's the main thing right there. Michael Jordan can hunt out the worst matchup on the court every night. Let's pick the worst defender, send his man up here to get a screen. Now I'm one-on-one locked up with corny dude. That's that's an extra 15 points a night just off stupid switches because they switch everything in in today's game. So come on, uh, White Chocolate, you drawing now. I don't care who you think is the best. Think Vashon Leonard is the GOAT. Fine, that's your opinion, but. Might not score as easy in this generation. Put the in better than him. <laughs> All right, our stat of the week, and our stat of the week is just—it's uh, just so coincidental of what happened this week um, versus what happened this week about 21 years ago. So August 29th, 2001, Serena Williams wins at the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hits a home run. Vlad Guerrero, Craig Biggio, and Dante Bichette all record a hit on this night. That's everything of note that happened August 29, 2001. August 29, 2022, Serena Williams, again, wins a match at the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols, old ass, hits a home run. But instead of Vlad Guerrero Sr., Craig Biggio, and Dante Bichette all recording a hit, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, his son, and Bo Bichette, Bichette's son, all record a hit. So, like, how crazy is that? Like, how crazy is that? Like, come on, man. (laughs) You got the two old heads showing flashes of what they were back then. But then you have three, you know, good players from back then, their sons in, in the league mashing doing the same thing on the same night. So that is our stat of the week. That was more of a, damn, can you believe this type thing? 
But uh, real quick, while y'all were on the grind, which is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies, do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. People, you got to stop trying to put together your own websites, especially when you have no tech background. It looks terrible. It's cheap. There's no need for you to break the bank for an effective online presence. You can do this almost just as cheap. You can get top-quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices, and those prices can be even more comfortable for you because financing options are available. And if you tell them that the guys over at the War Room sent you, you get even more of a discounted rate. So, so visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. Remember to tell them that we sent you. Get your... All right, man. Your man John Wall has admitted recently that throughout his injuries and all the time missed and everything that he was going through, that there was a point where he contemplated suicide. Um, he admitted this a, a couple of days ago. I'm, I, I forgot who he was actually talking to, but I, I kind of know your thoughts on, on stuff like that. And we don't know what other people are going through. We see the outside. Oh man, this dude is rich. He's sitting on the bench getting $40 million not to play basketball. He's injured. That's a part of the game. But he was saying the stuff that, you know, he was going through in basketball and some stuff that he was going through, um, you know, dealing with family tragedies and stuff like that had him contemplating suicide. Like, what do you think? He said, the darkest place I've ever been. He said, at one point in time, I thought about committing suicide. I mean, just tearing my Achilles, my mom being sick, my mom passing, my grandma passed a year later, all this in the midst of COVID and at the same time, Um, me going to chemotherapy, me sitting by my mom, taking her last breath, wearing the same clothes for three days straight, laying on the couch beside her. So he's telling you where he was, you know, mentally and why he was there. So, like, what's your thoughts on on this kind of thing when you hear it? Um, I have have mixed well, no, I don't. Listen, I, I'm. We're all on a journey towards, hopefully, towards self-awareness, wisdom, introspection. You know, leading to that self-awareness and, and wisdom, spiritual growth, all those good things, cliche things that we talk about. So, my position on suicide, probably one of the most selfish and cowardice acts. That you can that you can perform or that you can do, but notice I said act, a c t, as in something you do. Having a thought, my man. We all have if 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 anyone beyond God could read our thoughts, we would have no friends. We would have all enemies. Our wives would divorce us. Our kids wouldn't love us. Our friends would hate it. Like, I'm not going to hold you accountable for a thought that you have that you didn't act on. That's first and foremost. Like, but that is my position on 
going through with the act of suicide. Like, who are you to take your life when I, I believe, this is just my belief, that your life belongs to God. It was given to you by God. And then to think further, the people that love you, that have invested love and time into you, that care for you, that need you, all of those types of things. But John Wall, I can empathize with him going through the death of his mother, the death of his grandmother, injury, COVID, driving you crazy, the things that you, the buoys and foundation of his world were cracked and rocked and taken from him. And then I don't know John Wall personally, but what I get from him, and, and correct me, you know, give me your thoughts. John Wall is a hooper. John Wall, in my opinion, is one of these dudes that would still be hooping and playing ball even if he wasn't getting paid. So for the Rockets to ask him to leave and go sit down, even though he's getting millions and millions of money, that probably rocked his foundation and hurt him. So dude was in a very dark place, dealing with death, dealing with COVID, dealing with isolation, dealing with being without his team, trying to find guys to hoop against and hoop with. All he could do is probably call Tariq and, and O.J. Mayo, and who wants to play with them? And you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get it. I can understand where he's coming from, and I appreciate the fact that he decided to come out and share because mental health is important. And, and using his platform particularly to speak to and help those of us that are in the black community, that's big, man. So I'm not mad at him. I, I support him. I, I appreciate yeah. what he I mean, did. I'm not mad at him either because, you know, even saying something like this may have just been like shedding light on things and letting other people know that, you know, no matter what you think of us, we have problems too. It could be something to make other right. people feel. But some stuff that are, that's said, though, like it rubs you the wrong way because – uh, he did go further to say we're all going through time, so he acknowledged that. Nobody's got it easy, but I don't think a lot of people could get through what I went to me to get back on top where I want to be and seeing the fans still want me to play means a lot. Now, that right there is a little bit pretentious. Like, uh, you know, I don't know if people could get through what I went through. John, people go through what you went through every single day of some people every single day of their lives and they don't have the situation that you have. A lot of people go through everything you went through and are broke. And it's not much they can do to fight some of these conditions. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he could put up a grand fight with cancer just because of his financial situation. There's a lot of people who just aren't in that situation and they go through the same thing. So that's the only thing that I really didn't dig about what he said, but, you know, shout out to him. I mean, at least he acknowledged that he's not the only person going through something. Um, uh, LeBron and his sons are now on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and it went from, remember, when he was in high school, he was on the cover as the chosen one. Now he's on the cover with his two boys and as the chosen sons. Do you think this is a 
too much of a pressure move as far as his sons are concerned? Or, you know, is this just the spoils of having uh, a, a very famous, very rich, <laughs> very respected daddy? A uh, little bit of both. A little bit of both. I think it's – I think in a vacuum, it's ridiculous. It's too much pressure to put on the boys. It is. I don't think they're good enough to be on the cover of SI as high schoolers. They're, they're not good enough, and so it's because of him. But also knowing the society we live in, knowing that the creation of content, the control – of your, your own narratives and the monetization of said narratives is just par for the course. I don't think anyone's surprised. I don't think most people would view it as a big deal in today's society, especially not coming from him. And LeBron controls everything that, that is around. It's just a part of the branding. And I don't think, there's anything malicious in what he's doing with his boys? Um, of course not. But I just – it's pressure. When, when they can't live up to the pressure of being LeBron's son, sons, how are they going to cope with that, endure it, deal with it, and thrive? That, that's the question that I have. Um, that's the question. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like, and I think – you know, everybody involved knows at this point they're they're not good enough. That's why LeBron's on the cover with them. Um, but you got things coming out this week, you know, because there's always been the rumors that LeBron wants to stick around so he can play with Bronny. Um, now they're talking about well, he's thinking about sticking around even some, some a couple extra years so he can play with Bryce. I'm like, you know, this is <laughs> – this is real arrogant of everybody involved because like, how do we know at this point that they're NBA players? And if they aren't and they make it to the NBA, then we know it's only because of the influence that their dad has. But at the same time, that carrot is being dangled out there. Like, yeah, I want to play a year with my boys. So any team that drafts them, will get me for a year. But, you know, to be frank about it, like, who going to want, like, a 40-something-year-old LeBron James? Like, no matter how he's still producing in the league, I'm pretty sure it's going to be impressive for his age, but it's not really going to be anything that leads to winning. You know what I mean? Unless you're finding a real desperate uh, organization who just wants a bump in their finances, like who's really going to go for that? And his son, as it stands now, wouldn't be projected to be a high draft pick anyway. So would you even be going to a team that's trash and desperate for a financial bump? Like there's a lot of things to consider here, and it's really, really like for me, I'm like, yeah, people got a lot of nerves to just be making these plans for, um you know, the organizations and the NBA, but hey, I've seen LeBron manipulate and control a lot of things, so I'm not going to doubt him on this. He probably can end up making it happen somehow, some way. Um, did you hear about 
Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson Jr. He was shot in the city uh, during an attempted robbery. Uh, first, they were they were saying it was an attempted carjack, and they were trying to uh, jack his Charger Hellcat. And shout out to Tobias, who we'll talk to real quick in a minute, because Brian Robinson Jr. is from Alabama, and with you know, what did Tobias tell us all the recruits get? Said so they all get a white white chick and a charger from Saban. Mm-hmm. So this must have been his Alabama issued uh, charger. Anyway, this wasn't they, even NFL money. Right. And anyway, they you know, he was shot two times during this attempted robbery. Right now he is he's fine. Um he he had a a, a surgery, he didn't have any life threatening injuries. I guess he was lucky. Um, because the last time this happened to a Washington player, you would think, you know, Sean Taylor gets shot in the leg, that he wouldn't have life-threatening injuries. But, of course, they they found the right artery, and, you know, the rest is history. But had they done that, do you think Brian Robinson Jr. would be, you know, the legend would grow here in Washington in the next two years, and they'd be talking about how he was going to be better than Barry Sanders or or was better than Barry Sanders. <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. Rest in peace to the guy, Sean Taylor. But he's watching the fans. Yo, ripping. Yo, yo, you you out of you out of pocket for that one. <laughs> um, yo, first of all, man, thankfully the brother made it through, and it looks like he will make a full recovery and maybe even play this season. Um, Tobias's point, I think young black males need to leave both of the things alone that Alabama gives them. Chargers, and I, I'll leave this. The, Dev already said the first. So, Chargers and bunnies. You know, the char- the Chargers as a car is, has become a staple in uh, the young black community. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. What, maybe it's affordability and cu- you're able to customize and all that. I, I've never been interested in American vehicles or American women, um, but you know, to each his own. Um, hey man, get get better. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say, listen, Sean Taylor, had he not passed, they his legacy is embellished. But I do believe that he was it's a talented starting dude. off down that path towards Hall of Fameism. Now, all of this talk of him being a top ten or top five or even top three safety of all time. Is I, I'm about to say top ten. You ain't gonna find no top ten or no top five. They talking about boy, no less than top three. But they Yo, were talking like it was already that, not what he was going to be. They were talking as if it was already that. Sean, Sean Taylor was not that. was not the best safety in uh, in his division. At any point in time. Like you said, hopefully dude gets better. He was shot twice, once in the knee, once in the hip. Uh, This went down on 8th Street, B, and uh, by all accounts, it was two teenagers, young teenagers, like 14, 15-year-olds, which we're seeing a whole lot more of now, uh, carjacking in Washington, Philly, Baltimore, most major cities right now, carjacking. Like, it's like New Jersey Drive out here. Um, Hey. So yeah, it's it's crazy, uh, especially on the East Coast. 
um, as far as carjacking is concerned. That's the new crime of choice these days. And a lot of times, these kids aren't even, it's not like carjacking no, no and chop shopping. Now, yeah, it's not like they're chop shopping no and making money. Like, they're carjacking people to joyride. Like, you, like there's, nothing, there's nothing really in this crime except for you being able to go see a shorty or something for a couple of days while the car, you know, until the car gets too hot. Like, there's nothing in this. So it's like, it's a stupid crime right now. Because like you said, there's nobody chop shopping anything up. So possibly arrested, jailed, maybe shot. Because I saw one in, in Philly where dudes are starting to shoot back now. Um, so it, it's, it's just it's idiotic at this point. But like you said, he probably, he might play this season. Right now he's going to miss at least four games because they put him on the uh, – what's that list? Not the not, not even the pup. He's on the um he's on the reserve non football injury list. He's on that one, oh. so he's gonna miss at least four games. Um and then they're he gonna, get, you know, still get paid? I believe he's still gonna get paid, going gonna get paid. I think that's why they put him on this particular list because, you know, they, they claim they wanted to make it about him and not just about football. So, you know, they're supposedly doing right by him while he deals with all of this and then they're going to reevaluate him in another four weeks. So basically they're saying we're going to wait till then to cut him. But um, <laughs> he was going to be their primary running back too. And and during this little altercation, uh, allegedly he wrestled the firearm away from one of the assailants before the other one shot him twice. So get better, homie. Uh, <laughs> you never want to see anything like this. So um, shout out to him. Um, he's blessed to, to still be here. Crazy, man. All right, so before we uh, tell you what happened this Dayton Sports History and get up out of here, we're going to go to the phone line real quick because we got the homie Tobias waiting to, to, to be heard before we roll. Roll damn tide. What up, Tobias? I'll what the hell took you so long? this week. Bro, what know, the hell man. took you so long, man? Let's I, go I, think almost, I think B. Austin almost forgot about you. We was, we was about yeah, to I bet. Yeah, yeah, listen, these guys bloviate over here. First thing, so let me say this. Black folks got stopped at like Shakari Richardson, the only black woman that runs track. <laughs> you know? She, she only yeah, plenty of Yeah, <laughs> I know she I know she's ratchet. And, and, and she got the hood tattoos for the folks in the block. I know black people. She looks like some of y'all, but there are plenty of other black girls who are doing the damn thing. So what she has to do is make sure she's not Adrian Bronner. Lots of talent, then put the work in and ain't mature enough for it. Because every four years, there's a new crop of girls coming on these Olympics. And it's hard, you know. And, uh, but one thing I got to drop on you guys. Here's a real stat of the week for you, a couple of them. In the last hundred games, Nick Saban's gone ninety-two and eight and twenty and five against top ten opponents. Oh, but here's another one. Since two thousand and eight, besides the Jameis Winston Florida State team, every national champ had to beat Alabama before they won a national title. Man, you talking about excellence with a national title? That says a lot. And by the way, since they stopped making Chargers, Nick Saban owns a Mercedes dealership. By the way, so they'll be all right. Uh, but everything's above board, by the way. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, 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 Beyonce, here's a good one for you. Imagine the brothers at Ole Miss, University of Mississippi with a white girl. They probably got a T-shirt on saying, I'm on the football team, don't shoot. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> boy, you talk risking your life for that, boy. It got to be good. But, uh, you know, one thing, like, I know you guys are talking about, like, some of these trades in the NFL and, like, Alex Leatherwood. The thing was, Alex Leatherwood wasn't even supposed to be a first-round pick. He was supposed to be the third or fourth round pick. The Raiders drafted him. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, and that shows that, if you wanted a first-round prospect and they drafted you anyway, and he pretty much played like a third or fourth-round pick, <laughs> you know, and everybody's not going to make it anyway. We know that. All I care about what you do on the, on the home team. It, whatever you do in the league, whatever you do in the league, get whatever money you can. Because everybody's not going to make it, you know. Right, right. I feel you. Oh, um, by the way, the Donovan Mitchell trade – by the oh, way, is Evan Mobley going to turn to Rudy Gobert? Is Darius Garland <laughs> going to get more than 10 shots now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I, I'm, I'm not feeling, you know, I, I don't I don't know if that's a good fit, man. I don't know if that's a good yeah, fit. Because he's not – certain players aren't meant to be with young teams. He's not meant to be with young teams because he wants his touches. You know, kind of like what Jeremy Shockey told Eli Manning, he wants his touches. That's that type of guy. He needs to be on the Miami Heat somewhere like that where they got that structure, where they could tell him F off. Hey, they told LeBron to F off. <laughs> it's your coach. And so I think Cleveland should have just stuck with the team, growing, and then probably add another veteran who will, who will compliment Garland and Mobley more. This guy may stunt their growth. And, and be on the lookout for Sexton to get traded in January. They say he only signed for four years, $72 million. Oh, oh, Danny Ainge about to flip that in January with his deadline. So, yeah. you know, probably. Yeah, I mean, cause so. remember there were no there were no real interests and offers for Colin Sexton during the free agency period. So, you know, Cleveland was like, "Hey, we'll give you a contract, and then we'll just flip you, so we don't have to worry about it." Um, but hey, I'm not too sure about how that's going to work. Um, but but we'll see. You know, maybe they'll make it work. Maybe yeah. they will. And, and one thing, y'all talking about that Jalen Rager guy. And uh, most of the times, it's, uh, I, I don't think he's too broken up by getting traded, by the way. I know, like, you guys are the only Philly, you, Hank, B. Austin, like the only Philly guys I know that don't believe in Jalen Hurts. The media loves this guy. I get Alabama fans cussing me out anyway, even though Tool was clearly better at the time. <laughs> they said, well, Jalen Hurts won some games. I'm like, bro, everybody wins Alabama under favor. We had a dude playing running back led led him to the playoffs at Alabama as a quarterback. So, but it just shows what you are when you're likable. And the crazy part is if Philly meets these expectations from the media and they win the division, they probably end up paying this guy $30-something million. And we just got to be honest here. Why in the hell would you pay him $30 million? Right. You know, because – they got good receivers. And how are you going to pay $30 million to somebody when the Buccaneers said they didn't even hide it, saying he can't read? He couldn't read in college. Uh, <laughs> you know, he can't. There's no knock on him. It's just the truth because he's an RPO quarterback, meaning that he doesn't throw with anticipation. He has to see you open. And you see it now when guys get open, but he has to see it open instead of throwing them open. 
And by that time, you're getting picked off, pass deflected, receivers getting hit, and you're going to go so far with that. Yeah, all right. So I, I don't know. So how, do do you think he's going to be? I mean, I don't. You probably don't know much about him because he hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. But I mean, do you think that situation will just bring out more in any player that's struggling? Because I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't an all-out superstar, but he's a quarterback that can sling it. He can get the ball to his wide receivers. And he's playing alongside Jalen Rager. We're talking. About, he's playing alongside the talent that they have out on the outside. There should be some room for him to eat a little bit there. I think people are going to yeah. see stuff from him that they didn't think he could do because you know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no patience in Philly. Yeah. Plus, and uh, and the thing that may hurt Jalen hurts the most is all these patience from the media, from the hot take media. Uh, because Dallas is down. Yeah. Are you talking about expectations for the team in general and you being the leader of the team? Yeah, they're going to fall on him. Yep, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing. And, and like, the Eagles probably inside the hate. I don't want this young brother to fall flat on his face. I mean, I know we joke about it. We clown him because uh, he's going to get these jokes. But but they setting him up. Yeah, that's, that's the feel, like, they're giving him the level of weaponry where if he really was what the fans are saying he is, we would be able to compete for an NFC championship, maybe even to get into the bowl. And I'm here to tell you he is not that in his third year, even if he had that type of potential, he's not that. I don't. This dude's arm isn't going to longer, and he's too busy in the weight room and not in the film room, not stuff. Yo, mm-hmm. he's not trying his damnedest to become Drew Brees. Then this is all for naught. This is a waste, man. It's a waste. Yeah, and and that's the thing, cause uh, thing is, you can't learn to throw in anticipation. That's in you. And, uh, and plus, that's probably a problem where he was being a great athlete coming up, where he uses athleticism. He was younger and never developed those other parts of your game, because now you have to you you have to use your brain. You have to anticipate because there ain't no windows in the NFL. That's why those Baylor quarterbacks struggle in the NFL because there ain't no windows, you know. And you have to throw these people open. I just I just hate the fact that you not get around on him a lot. That they are setting this kid up for failure with these heightened expectations and not being realistic about his talent level. It's like Kirk Cousins, Dev was saying, we're realistic about Kirk Cousins' talent level because ain't that many good quarterbacks in the league. But I just hate the fact that they're going to set this kid up for failure, though. And uh, and most likely it might not even be his fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. All right, but, man. But, hey, hey, you guys take it easy. And all I got to say is that Bryce – and Bronny don't want to play with their daddy because they want to clap white girls' cheeks without daddy being in the room on the road trips. They're trying to do that in peace. And Bronny is too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said Bronny's trying to do that too, but just not with them. No. Hey, you got to uh, take it easy, man. All right, man. We'll let you next week. <laughs> all right, man. So real quick before we get out of here, um, just want to let you guys know what happened this week in sports history. 
Yeah, I know that's brought to you by Sports the Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports book with the same old lists, rankings, GOAT debates, imaginary starting lineups, and all that subjective information that people pass off as facts, uh, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. It's an acronym. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture, um, war room culture at that, because we got our own culture, and that'll keep you on the edge of your seat. It'll keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. Just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Just make sure you get your copy. September 1st, 1971, the Pittsburgh Pirates start what is believed to be the first all-black lineup, which included several Latinos, in MLB history and a 10-7 win versus my Philadelphia Phillies. Um, that lineup included future Hall of Famers Roberto Clemente and Willie Stargell. So shout out to the Pittsburgh Pirates for putting out, we'll, we'll, we'll call it, what they call it in 2022, POC. That was the first all people of color lineup um, because I'm pretty sure, you know, as much as people from some of these Caribbean and Latin countries are, technically black they don't really like to be labeled in that manner so we don't know if everybody on that team wants to be in the first all black starting lineup in mlb history so we'll say they're starting to to go with a afro afro latino and afro Afro latino amara la negra or whatever name is oh my god please i beat shot um yeah all right let's get out of here all right, yeah, 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 let's get out of here, man. So we just want to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our group chat, and our caller, Tobias, who called in to chop it up with us. Thank you all because, you know, we did this at a special time and you guys were still with us live like you are every week. So tune in next week live right here or on demand as we catch you up on the most important sports, entertainment, and life stories of the week. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Um, Whatever you got going on this weekend, man, if you're playing sports yourself, if you're watching sports, man, hey, have a good time. Stay safe in these streets because these streets aren't that safe. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on War Room Sports. Dot com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Peace. Every Thursday, 6 to 8, they do this Shout out to Dez, PJ, B-Austin, Doc Bay on replay Warroomsports.com, get that mobile app It's not dialed, 323-14-0012 They be going and you sensitive, then oh well Physical podcast, the tough sports Showtime like magic in the block push Listen live, push one to join in Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment Hip-hop dollars, pit-stop knowledge Should be in sports credit as I ain't talking college Five guys, no beef though 
www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.